dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Hello, sister. Hello, Father high five. Michael. Hey! Hey-o. Could people hear the high five, do you think? Let's do it again, just in case. I- I'm high fiving with my left hand, though. So that's not here. Let me high five. Oh, there you're going to knock the mic over. Okay. <laughs> but I'm going to test the mic. So sister is here on her retreat, her <laughs> her quote retreat, which I suppose I have a very, very bad habit of, of putting retreat in quotes as if I'm not going to treat this seriously. But I, I actually am, like obviously. Uh-huh. I am. Obviously. So she, she came all the way out to, to LA for her um, annual retreat. You arrived on Monday morning. 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Driving from... Christ the Bridegroom Monastery in Troy Township, Ohio. Um, Good job. Yeah, and she drove, you stayed, what, two nights? Two nights. Along that whole drive? Yeah. Okay. It's, 30, it's a 35-hour drive. Yeah. I've never driven more than nine hours by myself. And we won't go into the details, but the reason why she drove instead of flew is because she tends to her scrupulosity and obedience to... Uh, <laughs> Obedience to to civil laws, and anyway, I I thought it was it was very Sister Natalia that you decided to drive instead of fly. Um, okay, that's actually that's actually really funny because I told you that there was a story I wanted to tell during banter okay. on the podcast, and it absolutely has to do with my scrupulosity and tendency to um, want to obey the law, which I think is probably a good thing and maybe something that the Lord can develop in your own heart. But um, <laughs> the <laughs> not scrupulosity, that's not good. But maybe you could start obeying the law a little more. Um, anyways, so this story. This is so funny. Um, Sorry, just, can you imagine if you were my spiritual mother rather than me, your spiritual father? Like, how would you guide me? Like, I don't, that, that <laughs> thought is terrifying. <laughs> like yesterday, I, do you remember yesterday when we were walking to, to close up the church last night? And I was just like, I would be fascinated to be in your head for a day. <laughs> like, it's just a completely. I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Sorry, but we do need, Double I think, Perla. I think it's, it's, it's helpful. Um, Perla and cowboys in the room, literally. Uh, see, I was going to wait until you had a cowboy to introduce uh, cowboy. I'm sorry. We have an audience of one, the cowboy who is here waving at us Hello. across the room. He also helped us set up the equipment, um, which is, which was his job for a while. So yeah. welcome cowboy to our live podcast. Yes. Um, the, that was a cowboy. I know. I actually, <laughs> I actually don't remember what I was saying. The, um, you were going to tell a story. I know. Oh, that you planned. No. Yes, but also I was saying I think it is helpful to have a spiritual director um, who, in some ways, is um, the opposite of your own. Like you and I are very similar in many ways, right? Like we're both very extroverted. We're both very, um, very much love the liturgy, things like that. Uh, but in some ways, we are just complete opposites. But in the same ways that you and I are opposite, your spiritual father is very opposite from you. Oh yeah. Like he also, he's similar to me in that he loves order. He loves detail. He, he loves structure, um, which I hear is boring. We both have graying beards and white skin. That's about the extent of, (laughs) of father Robert Pipta and my, and it's so funny because I, like I know he's, I know he's very different than I am in, Uh in almost every way, but, but he brings it up as well. And I think it's kind of a, I'll share a story or share a thought or a concern and he'll, he'll be like, I, 
I, I, there's no way I can share from my personal thought or personal life, which I think is part of like, he has to tap into what does Jesus want me to hear mm-hmm. rather than him? Because he, th- there's no advice because it's so foreign to his experience. Right. Just like any of his concerns would be so foreign to my experience that you have to say, this must be Christ speaking when we have spiritual direction, because I can't tell you examples from what I would do because we, we, we do things completely differently mm-hmm. in completely different circumstances. So do yeah. you feel stretched in the same way with, uh, when you give me direction? I don't. I I guess I should more than I do. <laughs> I guess I was. Just, I, I guess I was just preaching to myself right there because yeah. I should. I mean, I I do believe. Like I heard. I I feel it with you. Uh-huh. Last night I did. Even we weren't even in spiritual direction. We were just chatting. Uh-huh. I felt it with you, and I felt it with shout out to Betsy Butenbach, another one of my spiritual daughters, who I was talking to yesterday for spiritual direction, and I absolutely felt. Like me saying things that were the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Like it wasn't. Yeah. This wasn't coming from my brain. It mm-hmm. wasn't coming from my thought process. It wasn't coming from my ability to give advice. It was coming from. And then after I said it, I was like, "Oh, that's incredible." Which is just—it's a very <laughs> weird. And and if you don't understand, it can sound arrogant. But when you when you say things in a homily or in spiritual direction, even more so. It's almost like speaking in tongues. Right. That's interesting. That might be one interpretation of speaking in tongues mm. because you you absolutely you start I start talking. And I'm, I'm trying to be prayerful, but I start talking and then I share something and I go, oh my gosh, like that was incredible. Yeah. That must've been how they felt. Like I was speaking a different language, mm-hmm. but it, you're speaking to someone and, and they respond very well. Like that was of God. I'm thinking that was definitely not from me. That must've been from God. That's interesting. I wonder if that's can be one of the, one of the many interpretations of, of the gift of, of speaking in tongues. I would hesitate to say I have the gift of speaking in tongues, but <laughs> because that I just don't know what that means in, in many cases. But in this case, I, that might be something. You do have a receptivity to the spirit. Um, thank you. You don't let it go to your head. Okay, so here's the story. Okay. Um, so I'm driving on, so Friday night I stay in Iowa. Um, shout out to um, to to the Fern Holses. Um because Sam and Sam and Taylor, because they were going to let me stay with them. But I ended up just like having a lot of energy and I drove an extra couple of hours so that I could get more in on my first day. So, um, so I appreciate the willingness, but I ended up going a couple extra hours. So I'm in, I'm in Iowa and I stayed overnight in Iowa on Friday, Saturday morning, I need to get gas and I need to get, um, something to eat for breakfast. And I'm driving by Casey's general store and which is like a chain, mm. um, it's like a quick trip or a sheets or something like that. Okay. Um, I'm probably offending thing. all sorts of people right now okay. who are like, Casey's <laughs> is not quick trip. Anyways, um, so, so Father Travis loves Casey's oh. pizza, loves Casey's pizza, especially the breakfast pizza, um, to the extent that when I was there for his ordination, he wanted, um, that's what he wanted for breakfast the morning of his ordination. Mm. So, so I like go from my Airbnb to pick up Casey's breakfast pizza for him and his friends and then bring it to them. And then they have this and then we um, pray a holy hour together and then he's ordained a priest. Like that's how much he loves this pizza. So I'm like, if I drive by a Casey's while I need breakfast and I don't stop for their pizza, Father Travis probably won't even acknowledge me as his friend anymore. <laughs> so I, I go in, um, I'm also getting a migraine at this point because of just the drive and the lots of things. Um, so I'm having some of the cognitive issues that, that come with the migraine, oh. like nothing, nothing bad. Um, like I'm not too tired or, or in a lot of pain or something, but just some of the cognitive issues. So I'm not really processing things. So I go in, I go to the restroom, I get the pizza, I leave, I'm in the car, I take a picture of the pizza, send it to Father Travis. 
I reach over into the passenger seat to get a napkin and then um, I'm like have my pizza in my hand and I'm about to drive off and then I'm looking at the pizza and I'm like something is weird here and then I realize I didn't pay for this pizza. (laughs) I I literally, I literally walked in, took the pizza out of the thing and left. And just get in my car and I'm about to leave. And um, and so thankfully I realized this before and I'm dressed like I'm dressed, you know, like I'm a nun. And so sure. And, and so like people watch me wherever I go. And so it's not like nobody noticed. And so I, I go back in and I have the pizza in my hand and I like, I look at the guy at the counter and I said, um, I literally didn't pay for this pizza. I literally didn't pay for this pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was like, I just took it and left. And he's looking at me like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, And it just was very embarrassing. And so I I pay for the pizza and and I leave. But I'm just like, because no one, I mean, all of these people surely noticed this, but no one like comes running out and says, "Um, excuse me, that'll be 287. And the, it just was, I was, I was like having images in my head on my drive of like this small town, Iowa newspaper. It's like nun steals breakfast, <laughs> breakfast pizza from Casey's and general store. And here's the footage. And, yeah, exactly. Um, but it just was, it was so funny because just the day before in our meeting with the governor, I had been telling you guys about the time that I accidentally stole an envelope from the post office yeah. and then went back in the next day to pay for it. And the person thought yeah. that I was completely crazy. <laughs> um, but I can, I can totally see you like getting to your stop in Denver uh-huh. and then being like, I can't go to LA. I need to drive back to this <laughs> tiny little hole in the mall pizza place in Iowa and, and pay for this pizza. Well, actually, so, so that's what um, my parents had asked me that. I told them the story. And they thought it was very funny. But um, my mom was like, I bet if you were three hours away and you realized it, you would have turned back around. And I was like, no, actually what I would have done. So Casey's is, um, it's a chain. Mm-hmm. And so I absolutely would have at the next Casey's yeah, stopped in and, and asked if I could pay for. <laughs> as degenerate as you think I am, I would have done that as well. As what? As degenerate as you think I am. I totally would have done that as well. Like I, 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 I could, I could just imagine like, yeah, that's, that's what you do. And, you know, I would even, I think I'd even talk to a manager just for the, for the optics of it and be like, I forgot to do this in other cases. Here's yeah. the money just in case like, you know, it does end up on somebody's funny, you know, security cam footage yeah. thing on Facebook or something. Yeah. Anyways, that's, that's the story from my trip that I wanted to share. Nice. That I almost stole pizza from Casey's. Well, one thing, one thing that I, the the topic I want to be for today is just called one day in LA because it is interesting. You've you've not visited me here yet. I've been here for a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, and this my world is so different because of course we knew each other in Denver, and you you know my style. You know how I, I my ministry, especially when it comes to evangelization. So I eventually want to do a podcast episode just on like parish life because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot happened in this Byzantine Catholic parish in, in Sherman Oaks, California. Um, there's a lot in a year and a half of, of course, COVID. And then when I first got here, my impressions when I first got here, my, my, even my impressions of like day one. And I, I, it's really interesting. I think it'd be helpful for those both priest and parishioners to kind of hear 
like a, a priest's new landing in LA, but we didn't start the podcast in the very beginning. So like, I just want to mm-hmm. remember those things, but, but I want to talk about today about, um, and you actually have not really experienced, you've only been here for a day and a half. I haven't experienced LA. No, no, you, no, you, no, no. You haven't experienced like Paris life. You haven't oh, like yeah. the proto cathedral Paris life. You're going to experience tomorrow night and mm-hmm. Sunday. Right. Yeah. So, so it would be interesting to like to do a podcast on that when it comes. So in other words, I, I'm, I'm going to do something on my parasite, but I, we've had, we've had some good experiences here, your trip out here that you just talked about, but also some experiences here just in your day and a half mm-hmm. that I think would be good because your way or habit. I was wearing my clerics and just like walking down Ventura Boulevard yeah. and just things like that. So like your impressions and then what, what it means. And I, I'd like to get into what we talked about earlier about, you know, just being called father, what that means mm. and, you know, and things like that, that can, um, that uh, I think would be a really good conversation starter for, uh, for, for a topic about mm-hmm. what evangelization is, what it means to be a nun, what it means to be a priest, what it means to be Byzantine, things like this in this world. Um, by the way, uh, cowboy, when uh, when uh, Paul was going to come over here and peek his head in, if, if if he walks all the way over here, can you just open one of these things so yeah. he can see? I, I think and snap a picture of this guy just looking in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cowboy is our, our photographer now too because all y'all listeners like photos so much. We already talked about this, but you, you guys you guys like photos of us so much, which is great because um, we. Uh, I don't really get it, but. I think I, I I get it because I'm weirded out by by how the people look that I only hear their voices. Oh, I, like, I follow so even you think like on people Twitter. just like to be able to have a yeah. face in their mind. Yeah. you know what? That's interesting because it's it's kind of like have you seen the chosen? Mm-mm. It's not actually like this at all. I don't know why I'm making this comparison. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the opposite of what we're talking about. <laughs> the chosen, the chosen is so good. Okay, it's so good, and I I was really hesitant to watch it. Um, not hesitant, like the, some of the nuns wanted to watch it, and so I was like, I watched it because I love them, um, but I I didn't really want to because I don't really, honestly, I don't really like mm. most Christian movies and TV shows and stuff because yeah. they're so <laughs> cheesy. Yeah. They're so cheesy. Yeah. But The Chosen is really well done. That's what I've it's, heard. Um, so, but anyways, it's it's been very cool. It's like brought scripture to life for me in mm. a new way, similar to how the Holy Land did. Um, like being in the Holy Land and reading the gospel of um, like the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda while at the pool of Bethesda yeah. and things like that. It just really like brings these things to life. And the chosen has done a similar thing of, um, as I hear the gospels, I can, I can picture the actors and the actresses who, who play, um, these people in, um, and it's just, it's nice to be able to have a face and, a a voice to mm-hmm. that character. Um, it like really gives context and brings it to life. Yeah. So maybe people like, to know what we look like while we're speaking because it gives a greater context. And I also think that people who have not seen people like voices, like I, I follow a guy from Denver, Brett Saunders, who's like the morning DJ on the on KBCO from Boulder, Colorado. Like mm-hmm. I follow him on Twitter still. And um, it's it's really interesting because when I when I, I listen to him like every morning there, and because he just he knows rock music like the back of his hand, mm-hmm. and um, and he actually has like contests where people try to you know fool or not fool him. Um, people try to like I, I can't think of the word right now, but they, they 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 if they know more rock trivia than he does, stump 
Stump, yeah, I think that's yeah, something like that, exactly. Stump, him, stump. Yeah. like they try to stump him with with rock knowledge, and he, I've, I've I think I've, I've heard him lose like twice out of like not know Whoa. some detail about rock trivia. So, but but I follow him because like I was like I want to see this guy's face because like I've heard his voice so mm-hmm. much, and the same thing like with NPR. Hmm. I'll do that with NPR. I'll I'll listen. I'll like Google somebody's because I in my I have a vision in my head of what they look like. Mm-hmm. I think we all do that. Yeah, and I, that, I actually had a friend who who refused to watch the Harry Potter movies because it was going to ruin uh-huh. the idea in their mind they love the book so much uh-huh. that watching the movie was going to ruin like the beauty they didn't yeah. want it tarnished at all yeah um but anyway um which actually is a good transition so i you again you know i forget almost everything so i, I want to there's just a couple stories like what what happened when when you first got here you arrived we you know we greeted each other you was one in the morning you know i gave you the keys to what you needed and then and you crashed um by the way she's she's staying um Sister Natalia, LA is a very expensive place to rent, Airbnb, to get a hotel, to to exist. Um, so we actually uh, we actually borrowed the RV from Breaking Bad. Um, Stop! <laughs> it does kind of it does kind of it does kind of look like it though. What? Oh, this text. Yeah. Oh, um, the. Uh, it does. So I'm, I'm joking, but it's 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 a shout out to the the owner of the RV. It's just it's an old RV that that is actually. <laughs> I like it, that you didn't say the name of the owner because you just insulted it. <laughs> oh no, it's like he has a new one, but it's not it's not working right now. Got so it. he would have lent you the new one, but it's 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 helped his family very very well, and everything works. I mean, AC where everything works. It's it's I think fairly comfortable. It's just it's just funny the way it looks. Um, the outside just looks like looks like Breaking Bad. Anyway, um, now that I'm actually watching, I've only watched two seasons, but I'm kind of going through Breaking Bad little by it. little. Um, uh, you probably shouldn't. Um, um, no, but <laughs> I grew up in Albuquerque, so everybody's like, you, you have to watch Breaking Bad. So uh, so anyway, so you arrive. Like I'm 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 telling the story because I I want you to like fill in the gaps here. Okay, got it. So we wake up Tuesday morning. Uh-huh. And no, Monday morning. And then what did we do? Oh, we returned your mat and we did morning prayer. We returned your your vehicle. Uh-huh. We went to John Fabrics. Oh, Joanne Fabrics. We went to John Fabrics to get because because I, I gave away my shout out to Mike Miley. I gave away my my chokey beads. Uh-huh. So we went. You're gonna make me no, no more chokey and. We, yeah, you're like that's what you you want to do that on retreat, right? You wanna, can you make me a chotki? You serve me, please, <laughs> while you're here. Do something for me. Um, anyway, so it was uh, very although, funny to be in Joanne Fabric with you. <laughs> it just was like, <laughs> and and I'm like, I. Anyways, I said I I asked where, like we're looking at the signs of the different sections of the store, and I'm like, I wonder where string would be, and you're like, probably the craft section. <laughs> this is a craft store. The whole store is the craft section. Oh. That's that's another ongoing theme of this whole time here is that you just really don't think I'm funny anymore, and all the things like that that yeah. I say that I'm trying to be funny are just like eye roll. You said something today that I laughed really hard at, though I don't remember what it was, but just some, just like right before we started recording, you're asking me to remember. Oh, it was <laughs> it was um you wanted to do a test um of the audio, and so you told me to talk, oh. and I said what should we talk about, and you were like, and you just start the prayer to start confession. <laughs> <laughs> That was very funny. Yes. So we we go and I guess there there was nothing really in. I guess the 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 theme here is is the witness of a nun and a priest, the witness mm, of us being mm-hmm. in the world. I think I think that's even a, just a, a day and a half in LA has kind of shown some beauty of mm-hmm. being that witness um, of being a, a priest and a nun. People have set their their life aside or down a very specific tract. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was anything necessarily, in, but but you're you're making me. 
Um, I'll I'll take a picture for the podcast if 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 you remind me, Olivia. Um, if you're listening, remind me to take a picture of my of my new trophy once sister makes it. But it's um, normally I have sister make me the color beads are of the local sports team because I don't know any other way of showing colors orienting me to where my parish is. I think I've talked about this before. So mm-hmm. in Denver, I, I got so. I got you know blue and orange beads because it reminds me of the Denver Broncos, which reminds me of my people that I'm praying for. So it's a way of reminding me to pray for my people in that city. So when I moved here, I got blue and white for the Dodgers. And I was like, you know, because I, I could get purple and, and gold for the Lakers, but I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll get blue eye for the Dutch. So I got blue. So I gave those ones away now. So I, I was like, well, what, what color beads do I want now? And then I saw because we're in in the craft section of Duran Fabrics, and um, and 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 got uh, they have they have skull beads, skull beads, skull beads. So we bought like 150 skull, skull beads, skull, skull. She's from Cuba. She, uh, she's. I'm not from weird. Cuba. ULLs are so hard for me, though. You know this. Remember yes. <laughs> Teresa's husband? <laughs> she's never she's never pronounced my brother-in-law's name correctly. I have. Cullen. <laughs> close. Close enough. Wait, that wasn't right? <laughs> that was right. I'm okay. just razzing you. But for the longest time, I said colon. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I didn't realize this until after years. He has a good sense of humor. <laughs> Speak of nicknames. Yeah, his nickname is Colon. <laughs> <laughs> so so we got skull skull beads skull for beads. your chotki. Yeah, skull beads, which I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. Memento mori type thing. Although in the Byzantine church, obviously that's Latin, but the, which is beautiful because we, we do the same thing, of course. But in the Byzantine church, I've always wanted a um, I've always wanted a tattoo of like a skull with like blood running down over the top of it. And let me finish. Um, and then like, so when people like, especially if it's on my lower arm, it just looks like a, like father, why do you have like a, a skull covered in blood? But if you, if you look, lift up the sleeve or look closer, mm-hmm. it's the feet of Jesus. Mm. So like in, in any icon of, of the crucifixion, you have the skull of Adam below mm-hmm. because Christ's blood is, is redeeming the, the skull of Adam. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that'd be cool. But I, so the, the skulls are kind of, of are, are that to me, you know, the, the skull is, is life through death. The skull of Adam and, is redeemed. Well, and there's, I mean, there's a whole section in the Ladder of Divine Ascent about remembrance of death. Yeah, oh, yeah, so exactly. It's it's absolutely a thing. We just don't have, as far as I know, there's just not like a phrase like memento yeah. mori or the Benedict. I think it's the Benedictines. Somebody's gonna yell at me. Cowboys here. You know, it's Roman Catholic stuff. Um, who who was it that that would always keep a skull on their desk? Which or there was one or I think the Benedictines who always put um, it. William Shakespeare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who would always say, I, I don't know how ancient the tradition is, but they put a skull in their death to remember that they will die. It was a certain watchfulness or remembrance of death. No, I don't know. I think it's the Benedictines. Okay. We talked about it on CSYSK. He thinks it's the Benedict. Oh, did we? Okay. So uh, that's Catholic stuff you should know, by the way. Um, yeah, okay. So, so anyway, uh, skull beads and then, but... But then I think I think just the best thing was later in the day we decided to walk down Ventura Boulevard and had a couple things oh, this that was were the so dear. Best. So we'll, we'll go ahead and you you tell the story of. So what happened was is I had a, another spiritual daughter here. Uh, shout out to Bethany Doyle. And w- every Sunday morning before COVID, I would wake up early and I would go and sit in this coffee shop called Tortoni, uh, which is on Ventura Boulevard. And I would sit there and I would kind of, I don't. I, it's kind of I don't know the right way to say this, but I would let my homily soak in. Hmm. So like Sunday mornings. Before before divine liturgy, I would go out into the world because I've always my homily writing has always been partly in prayer and partly in the world because I think that's a good way of processing a homily. So you spend some time in prayer and study with just Christ, just Jesus because you're preaching Him. Um, but then I need to like go out into the world mm-hmm. and experience the world because oftentimes it would be where my the kind of the 
this the because of course what is a homily it's it's the word of god um made relevant to that audience the mm-hmm. word of god is 2000 years old but made relevant to that audience so i kind of go into the world to make sure that i'm being relevant and so i'll i'll take a walk or i'll you know go to a coffee shop and i would always go i'd have maybe the, shown maybe the relevance is shown i like that better than made relevant because it is relevant. You don't have to make it so. But you you show oh, the yeah. relevance. No, absolutely. Reveal the relevance, something like that. But I th- I, th- I think it is apply it. Yeah, you apply. It. That's mm-hmm. I think that. So it's you you take the world and the the a good preacher takes the word of God and he and he says, "Here's how it can be effective in your life with your cell phones and mm-hmm. your and you know your 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 insurance jobs and mm-hmm. whatever it is that here's how the word of God can apply to you or just whatever the news, the things going on in the world, what well, seems to be the, the concerns of the people. So I go out to a coffee shop, but, um, but pre COVID they had employees. Mm-hmm. And so then when everything shut down throughout the world, but here in LA, especially um, they, this coffee shop had, had to get rid of everybody. I mean, just they, they had to, oh, to survive. Oh, that makes so, sense. We were talking about that this morning. Yeah. So they have, that, right, now they have zero employees. Uh-huh. So, so, um, uh, did you still have a shout out to Bethany or how did Bethany oh, come into sorry, this story? Thank you. Good call. Good call. Um, so Bethany, <laughs> so, oh, that's right. So we walk in post now during the pandemic, mm-hmm. we walk in and, and Bethany and I were, were getting breakfast across. We walked across cause she was here visiting LA too. We walk in and I had my collar open like I normally do. And mm-hmm. we get drinks and, um, and she's looking, remind me of the, her name, the owner's name. I think it's Carlina. Okay. So Carlina, so Carlina and her husband now, post like during COVID are the only employees. So they're yeah. there all day, every day, just the two of them like running this coffee shop, which mm-hmm. you said this morning was packed. Oh, the so, poor, oh, I felt so bad for them. So Carlene is, is like in there and so anyway, I walk in there and she's, she's looking at me and I, I, I recognize that look, the look is, are you, are you a priest? Uh-huh. You know, are you really a priest? And, but there's, there's this intensity to it. Probably you get all the time with like, are you, you know, are you a oh, nun, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so that I can tell what she's thinking in a sense without knowing. And we go and sit down. And so we sit down and, it's just her and I, Bethany and I, with our with our coffees. We sit down inside because you do that for the first time. We take our masks off, and I make the sign of the cross to bless the food and the coffee. Mm-hmm. And she, I get to see like Colleen out of the corner of my eye. I just like throw her arms up, like <laughs> like he is a priest, you know. So then she comes over, and she's just you. You've met her now. She's yeah. just so happy. The owner of this coffee shop. She's so so happy, and she's saying she's know, like honored by your presence there yeah. as a priest. Yeah. Yeah, in a, in a very very real way. Yeah. I I don't know where she's from, but the accent to me, I think she's Colombian. Mm-hmm. I have enough Colombian friends now. That I'm like, I that she sounds like Sofia Vergara in a bit, like, like a, a slight adaptation of that. So, but I walk in and and so anyway, that was just she comes over and she's just so. Is that a friend or is that a famous person? You it's just a famous said? person. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have I have a new acquaintance here though who sounds exactly like her, and I found out they're from the same town. Okay. So and I at first I was like, where do I recognize that accent from? But Anyway, it's it's she's from TV. So, so anyway, so we walk in there, and and she's just like she's overwhelmed. She's she's saying how how honored she is that a priest would come in. And so I said, you know, would you like me to bless this place? Because she was saying like how hard it is mm-hmm. to during COVID. Would you like me to bless this place? She said, oh yes. And I said, when do you want me to come? Because I'm expecting her like, well, come before we open or after we close, um, because. I, I just assume, and this uh, I think is a I'm realizing is a false assumption. I assume that they don't want people there. Yeah. Like do it do it when there's when we're not open. Mm-hmm. In other words, so bless it so people don't know. 
Um, but now every place I've blessed, they always say, come anytime. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what she said. She says, come anytime. Like we're open from these hours to this hours. And I literally, I think I'm going to walk around in a cassock and an epitrochelion, like a stole and, and bless, throw holy water everywhere in her place, front and back and outside and inside when there's like customers in there. And that's I'm like, amazing. Yeah, but she's like, just unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're, we're having a plea, a priest bless this. And especially in LA, I just, I don't, I love how sincere she is. And her husband is, is as well. Um, so anyway, so we go in there and then like a week later, I bring my mom and dad who mm-hmm. are visiting. And then she was just overwhelmed, like to, to my mom, to, to talk to my mom and my dad. And she gave us free food and free coffee. And, you know, and we're Aww. sitting out there and, and then, but it, none of those were nearly the reaction that you got. So I'll let you, cause I'm talking too much. So I, you, you tell the reaction. So we, we walk in there and we're both wearing masks, mm-hmm. but, but when we walk in the door, and she, I told her, I was like, this woman, I think she's Catholic and lady, but she was very honored to meet a priest and his parents. And she, she sees me, like we, we walk in, she sees you, she sees me, and she throws her hand over her heart <laughs> and, and just like, and throws her other arm up in the air. And she's just so blown away yeah. by the fact that there is a nun in here. Yeah. And, and st- like, I think she was tearing up. I don't, she just was, it was, I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen such joy from someone at simply seeing a nun. Um, And I mean, people get excited a lot. Some people get angry, Um, but, but, (laughs) but, but such sincere joy. Like, it was, and it she was, was like stunned silence. Yes. She had her hand on her heart and she wasn't saying anything. And she's pretty talkative. I mean, uh-huh. the her. She just sat there with her, with her hand on her heart and then she spoke Spanish. Yeah. So then she, so then she, um, she calls out, she, she comes up to, we get to the counter and, and she calls out to her husband. She says, Padre brought a monjita. And, um, and I was like a little nun. I'm, I'm a little nun. That's just adorable. Like, so, so what, what is, what is Spanish for monk? Monje. Monje, and then and then and then for a nun is monja. Monja. Yeah. And so, so she called a monjita. Yeah, like, like a little nun. Yeah. So which which <laughs> is it? Um, which is something I, I actually love. I was I was telling you this yesterday, as we were talking about the experience. But I actually really love. This is something I find lacking in the English language mm. because because people say you know, we get a lot like, well, Byzantine priests can be married. Why can't a Byzantine nun be married? And I'm like, because a Byzantine nun, like a nun is not just the female equivalent of a priest. A nun is the is a female monk and Byzantine monks can't be married. Like yeah. monastics can't be married. Yeah. Um, but this just isn't like clear in the English language, but in, in Spanish, um, monk is monje and nun is monja. It's very clear that these are the same thing. Mm. Like I'm just a female monk. Yeah. Um, and I like that a lot, but, um, but yeah. And so then I, so then I said to her, I was like, oh, I'm a little nun. And she was like, yes, you were just, you were so, so little and so young. And so, um, and she's just absolutely delighted, but it was, it was this beauty. It's a reminder. This is for me, part of the significance of wearing the habit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, is, it's this reminder in our in our tipicon it says that the habit is meant to be a witness to the people um, of a fearlessness of death. It's meant to be a sermon to the people. I yep, think is I what that's that in line. the that's in the blessing of our habit is yeah. is that the habit is meant to be a sermon to the people. Like talk about what a homily is, a modern application mm-hmm. um, of the word of God. Like the habit is this 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 living out of the word of God. Um, and, and showing that to people. And it's so like you, you might think that it would cause pride or vainglory or something like that for people to have such a strong, positive response to seeing the habit, but it's the opposite. It's very humbling because it's like, I know 
that what this woman is receiving joy from right now, what she is, what she is, um, like the love that is exploding in her heart is not me mm. at all. Yeah. It's the Lord. Yeah. It's, it's my habit. It's what I stand like. I mean, okay. Part of it is my yes to the Lord and, and that's fine. But it's like, it's, it simply is this, um, this witness of, of someone who, who radically, loves Jesus. Like that's where it's coming from. It's not about me at all. Like she doesn't know anything about me. She doesn't know my sense of humor. She doesn't know my intelligence or lack thereof. She doesn't know um, anything like that. It's not about me. It simply is about how I am, like how I am being is what um, is the witness. And so it just was, yeah. And then she gave me a free drink and a horchata latte, which was delicious. (laughs) And I do think there's a lot there because even the fact that she called you Mojita, it's like a little nun. And I, I think she primarily meant age. Like you're just, you're young. Mm-hmm. You rarely see young nuns. And as yeah. she said, like, you don't see nuns in the U.S. even. Yeah. You know, she just said, you don't see that anymore. But, you know, probably from where she's from, Columbia or wherever, like, and she talked about, was it, who was it? She talked about, I don't think we need to give the details, but there was someone yeah. who was discerning. Someone in her, her nun, family. Her family yeah. down in Brazil. Um, so then I thought maybe she's from Brazil, but anyway, I, she said like down in Brazil as if yeah, like, that's not yeah, where yeah. I'm from. That's where she went. Um, but but I think there is something. What did you say? It was like a witness to to death, a witness to self gift, fearlessness. Or fearlessness. Of death. I yeah. like that. Um, it's. I mean, yeah, those aren't the exact words in the. But but in the blessing, it says something that like the wearing the habit. Um, this is part of why we were black. Um, is is where we are to to show the people to not be afraid of death. Mm. Um, and, and which is that funny because there's so to... often I think you've got the same thing where people see me on a plane mm-hmm. they're like oh thank God God wouldn't yeah. God wouldn't have this plane go down with a oh, nun absolutely. on it you absolutely. know and, yeah. and they, they like seeing like religious people on a plane yeah. but like the opposite is true like, right. <laughs> like actually <laughs> like, we need to be ready to die at any right minute. exactly and, there's yeah. a fearlessness and <laughs> and if you say oh God like true Christianity we we have this this idea that like if you're good then you're going to go to heaven. If you're bad, you're going to go to hell. Like, like if you're good, Jesus loves you. If you're bad, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't love you. Like there's just this very, it, it's false. It's yeah. false Christianity, but there is this sense of people think, oh my gosh, well, God might be mad at me and let me die on a plane, but he would never be mad at a nun. So therefore right. this plane's not going to go down. But the opposite is true. That there's a, if the nun's here, like she is fearless. <laughs> like she's, she's not going to, she shouldn't be nervous on the plane. Like it's going to go like, but you know, cause there's a, there's a, um, there's a certain, uh, you know, fearlessness that 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 the habit just shows. I think, especially. <laughs> there, we have there, looking there's in the our Paul right looking in the window. <laughs> he's, he's taking classes. Um, we might get a photo of him too. Cowboys take it right now. So, but anyway, there there's. A, I like that. I, I guess I didn't remember that part, but that's so beautiful. Yeah. A, a, it's a homily about the, about a, a fear, a witness to the fearlessness of death. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, but I also think the fact that she called you Monhita, that's like. There's there's a witness that's actually a witness to your youth. Mm-hmm. Like you chose this when you were young. Yeah. You know, I, I think when people see older, they're like, well, they they joined at a different time. You know, right. I don't know how many times I heard this the other day. There's this there's this thing on YouTube that actually Paul, who's looking in the window, put put me onto <laughs> about um, about just same sex attracted priests and nuns. You mm. know, gay priests and nuns. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and the one of the things that one of the priests said was he he was just kind of he said you know this is this is my home and mm. and a home should not reject its children mm. and i and i just thought 
please tell me there's more reasons than that about why you're Catholic and yeah. why you're a priest. Please tell me that, you know, um, because it just seems that I don't know how many times I hear people say, um, you know, well, of course I'm Catholic. I grew up that way. As if like what you grow up is what you have to remain. Like mm-hmm. converts are our favorite people. Converts are the strongest. But but if, if you only tie it, or people that say, you know, oh, we're, we're a Christian nation. We should be explicit about that, you know, and and, and allow all these things in, in the public sphere, which I'm, I'm all for, you know, the Ten Commandments and the, in, you know, I, I like all that stuff, but I also understand that- <laughs> I'm glad you like the Ten Commandments. Right, no, I like the commandments. Like if, if you put the Ten Commandments by a public courthouse, it's like, that's great. Mm-hmm. But I also understand if the people voted away, we don't want to impose mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments because that, that that can cause an insincere faith, mm-hmm. you know, and we need, we need to avoid that as well. Um, but there there's something about, uh, you know, if, if like, so they say, well, no, we're, 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 a, we're a Christian country. We're a final Christian person. I said, does that mean that we should not work to convert Iran mm. or, or, or Saudi Arabia, you know, because they were founded on other, like, no, you know, th- th- we need to, we need to convert the world, mm-hmm. you know, including Iran, in- including Saudi Arabia. So in that way, you know, we can say we were built on a Christian foundation and, and I, I'm, I'm reading, you know, G.K. Chesson's orthodoxy has a, a lot of patriotism in it. He mm-hmm. loves Western Europe because of Western Europe's Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so there's something about when you say, when you say, oh, when you see an older nun or an older priest, you go, oh, it was a different time. Like mm-hmm. it was easier to be a priest or a nun back then. And they've just lived it out. Um, but but th- th- it's, it's really when you see a young nun mm-hmm. who chose this mm-hmm. when she was young, and, uh, you know, and she could have had anything. I mean, people don't know. She didn't know. But, I mean, you could have gotten a job in engineering and done very, very well for yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there's the, the, the world was open to you in every way, and yet you chose. And she probably sees this like a young nun is just a witness to a young person who could have had anything choosing to, to, to be a homily about the fearlessness of death mm-hmm. by even the way. And that's not only in her heart, but it's, it's on the outside, you know, it's, it's, it's what she wears and she's, she's kind of shouting it to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, it was just such a monjita. I just love that because it's such a, a testament in, in testament in one phrase, her hand on her heart, her kind of stunned silence, her appreciation yeah. that you were there, her, her, her calling you a, nu- uh, just not a nun, but a young nun uh-huh. and like telling her husband, come out. I've, I've went, yeah. <laughs> I've seen a young nun. Like there was, it was just, she was really, she was a, a beautiful, beautiful reaction yeah, to really what, was. what, I wish we were all that way. And she, you know, you know and she says, um, she was like, I can't wait to tell my mom. My, my yeah. mom is going to be so happy. And I was like, well, do you want to send her a picture? Uh, and she's like, oh, yes. And so she runs in and gets her phone and comes out and takes a picture with us to send her mom. And she wanted to make sure very clearly in the picture that my veil was in the picture, which like, you can't really have a picture right. of me without my, anyways. But she was like wanting her to really see the full habit and stuff so that her mom So she took one and, photo and then she like literally turned around and kind of readjusted yeah. your, your, your <laughs> habit to like make yeah. your veil to make sure that it was in the photo. It was so funny. It was really sweet. Um, um, yeah. yeah. So that was the first one. The, the, the other major encounter. And don't, don't share his name, but yeah, tell the, yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 The when when we were walking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, as, as we're walking, so like we make a couple stops, um, and, <laughs> and then, and then we were walking to get lunch. And as we're walking to get lunch, um, I, we just hear someone go father. And, um, and then we turn around and this guy like kind of walks quickly up Young to you. Young man, probably mid twenties. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and he says, um, 
he says, Father, I have a question. Um, and, and you're like, okay. And he says, um, what, is, what is the proper response? Oh, what is the proper repentance yeah. for alcoholism? Yeah. Um, and, and you it was can, like that, like sudden. Yes. Like, like, it wasn't like, hi, I'm such yeah. and such. Or like, <laughs> what are you, um, what do you guys say? There was, there was no, um, some of our listeners would have appreciated this man because there was no banter. Yeah. And um, he just, he just immediately is like, um, what is the best repentance for alcoholism? Yeah. And it's like, whoa, and all right, let's walking down go. the street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was, it was. And it was, he just cried, he just called out father, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, which I, which shows for a young man, I mean, who knows if he's Catholic, but he still identifies, which I, again, I love, I love the role of the priest being father. Mm-hmm. I just love it. That's which what, we had just experienced that too, because we had just stopped in at a store that you go to sometimes mm-hmm. on, also on Ventura. And, um, oh, yeah. and the guy who works there had asked, um, like, you had warned me that you were like, well, they're they're not really friendly here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they don't really smile. They don't. And it's like, okay, that's fine. And I was like, I'm gonna crack this man. So, anyways, <laughs> um, we go in and um, and we're talking to him at the the counter when we're checking out, and um, and then he says, um, and I just said, what's your name? Mm-hmm. And he tells us his name, and then he um, and then you introduce yourself as Father Michael you're wearing your, your clerics. Um, and, and I introduced myself obviously as sister Natalia and he was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know you were a father. And, um, after like all the times that you've been in there, probably in your clerics, but, um, um, but so then we were talking about that too, just the, like, there's a great beauty there The I didn't know that you were a father, like, and you were saying that's, that's very, that's like how it is in LA. Like they don't usually say, I didn't know you're a priest. It's, I didn't know that you're a father. Um, that's the term they use more often. Which uh-huh. we, we, you were explaining that about Spanish, right? Where there's yeah. two different. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking because I was I was talking with um with Father Dufresne recently, and um, Father Dufresne and I were were talking about this. Like he says when um, he doesn't say that his name is Father Dufresne because that's not his name. That's his title and a name. Um, and I was like, well, what do you what do you do when people say what's your name? And he said, um, I probably rephrase it and say I'm Father Dufresne. And um, and which like I'm all about precision of language, right? So I'm okay with that. But but this was another thing that I was like, Spanish just wins in this because when you ask someone's name in Spanish, you you don't say que es tu nombre, like you don't literally say what is your name. You say mm-hmm. cómo te llamas. What do you call yourself? Yeah. And um and and I think that there's a great beauty there because this is like in in calling someone father in calling a priest father in calling a nun sister or mother it's 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 an acknowledgement it's an acknowledgement of their identity yeah. right it's it's like and this is why <laughs> you and I you and I have had so many discussions about this right and and I am going to be unapologetic about this because um I know that a lot of the priests who listen to this are going to be frustrated with me, but this is why I actually think it's very important for priests to call each other father. I don't like when priests drop the father. Um, and, and the priests who I'm friends with know this and I hear them not call each other father and I still love them. And I, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, and they know I still love them and it's fine, but, um, but I don't like it because I think it's, I think it's a disservice to, um, to the ontological change that occurs at your ordination. 
um, like this is your identity. You are father. And and you know some of the discussions I've had with with some priest friends about this. Um, you know, one of them was like, well, can you just imagine if we like always said father such and such and father such and such? And I was like, yes, I can imagine it because we do it at the monastery. Like we don't, at the monastery, we don't just go around saying like, I never just say Gabriella. It's always mother Gabriella. I, I never say Petra. It's always sister Petra um, because it's like this, this acknowledgement of our, of our relationship. Um, and I think it's a good reminder. I think that when, when priests drop that, out of like familiarity and it's like, well, but we're also brothers and I get that. And we're also friends and I get that. But I think that it can be easier when you drop the, the, the father part. I think it can be easier to slip into this kind of like, we're just bros and, and to slip into like less edifying talk or less like it's, it's a reminder to one another that you're also called to be spiritual fathers to each other. Um, and, and I think that, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's almost like in my mind, I didn't know I was going to go on this rant. I'm anyways, maybe Steve should edit this out. I'm just offending all the people. Um, the, you know, it's like people, people might think that to always say father is some kind of clericalism because it's like. Um, but we're friends and we're whatever. Um, but I would, I would honestly say that, that dropping the father out of familiarity or like out of some close relationship or friendship, I would say that's like some sort of twisted clericalism because in doing that, the implication is that the title father is all about power. Um, and so you're saying like, I'm not acknowledging uh, some sort of like power. Like we're more I'm, I'm equal lessening now. Myself like, yes. To, I'm, I'm, I'm going um, below my dignity in order to, to talk with someone who I kind of want to, you know, right. Um, I'll, I'll lower my dignity to you. Yeah. I, I, and, uh, and it's not like, that's saying. not just, yeah. Like I, I just remember, um, uh, a friend of mine and this, this is a good friend and, and I love him a lot. So it's not even like, again, it's not, it's not, it's not a judgment this, this problem I have with like priests not saying father or, or even friends, you know, it's not, it's not just priests who do it. Like friends do this too. Um, like I always say father Travis, uh, unless it's like a slip of the memory or something, but it's not, I, I never just intentionally just call him Travis and we've been friends for many years. Um, but, um, is so, so it's not a judgment. It's a, it's a sadness. Like, I feel like it's a lessening of, of the importance of this. But, um, I remember a, a friend of mine who, when he was being ordained, um, he said, he said, I, I was so happy because at that moment I got to shake father such and such's hand and call him by his first name without, because he just didn't like this guy. He never. And so for him, it was this moment of like, yes, I finally can just like be a peer and not call him father. And it was like, and that was so sad to me. It was so sad. Um, and Anyway, so I think that's beautiful that people that people hear like you're not just it's not just an acknowledgement of you are priest, it's an acknowledgement of you are father. Yeah. Um and that is actually a much greater identity, I think, than than priest because it's all other, about relation. Yeah. I'd much rather people say are you a father, uh-huh. which is common rather than are you a priest. 
Um, but but I, I I know what they mean. I, I think they the people that say that actually in re, in reality I'm not judging here, but it's because they they don't know right they don't know right terminology. So right. they they know I call you father, so they use that instead of saying priest, just because they don't know to say are you a priest. Right. Um, but I there there's something beautiful there. But it is interesting though because like. Like I, because the Eastern Church actually doesn't emphasize the ontological change. Mm. The Eastern Church actually emphasizes more the ontological change in marriage, which mm. the which the Western Church doesn't emphasize. Mm-hmm. Rather than for the and in, in the East, it is more this is a a temporary role mm-hmm. to to lead people in this world. But in a sense, it's it's again the the, the it it is apophatic theology, yep. right? The, the, a use of the word ontological is too. Is too philosophical. It's too in this world. It's, mm-hmm. It it overdefines something that is kind of beyond definition. I'm just gonna say that I don't know what ontological means. And okay. I just <laughs> <laughs> I, I just use that word because I heard other people say yeah, it. Yeah. The, the 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 Roman Catholic Church is uses that all the time for the change. In other words, it, it changed the very being of the man. The reason, actually, I even know this word is because. <laughs> Father Patrick Anderson, um, shout out to Father Patrick, whom I love dearly, and who was not one of the priests I was talking about in the, any of these stories. Um, but he um, he showed up one time at they were at I think the Shrine in D.C. the National Shrine, mm-hmm. and um, and someone asked him if he wanted to celebrate a Byzantine liturgy, or maybe this was at the I don't remember where it was. Maybe it was Holy Transfiguration, but. Um, and he's like, sure. And so all the nuns know is like Father Patrick is suddenly whisked away and he, oh. um, but he like doesn't have vestments. And if you don't have vestments, you are allowed to wear the vestments of another right. Mm. You're supposed to wear your own rights right. vestments if you have them. But, yeah. um, and so Father Patrick just comes out in Byzantine vestments and like, I think with maybe um, like a scoofia and I don't, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but um I've, I've only heard this story, but he said like he had never done this and he didn't know what he was doing. And he just kept telling himself, rely on your ontology, rely on your ontology. <laughs> and um, that was the whole, cause I don't think, I don't know if he'd even celebrated a liturgy before. I don't know, but um, that's the only reason the, I know the, that word. The grace of the ordination or something like that, you know? Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's just, so it, it's, it, it's, and it's, it's, again, it's, it's, right. it's a subtle thing, but there's more of a, in, in uh, there's uh, the East is more hesitant to use merely philosophical language to define something that's kind of beyond what we know. Mm-hmm. But in that in that instance, even if it is, if we're emphasizing it, the role of it, mm-hmm. and then you know that role gets kind of taken into Christ's role in heaven. So you don't need spiritual guides mm-hmm. in the way because we're all united with Christ. So right. in, in other words, now again, what exactly happened? I think the East would just say we don't know. Mm-hmm. That's we say it all the time, right? We don't know if there's a change in in the man's soul. Um, or in his body in any any way that's going to be effective into heaven. But we are pretty eloquent at the East about saying that does may that happens in marriage. Mm-hmm. The the two people are have bonded, they've in a sense undergone theosis here on earth earlier than everybody else. So they have a unique bond in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's not marriage, because the scriptures deny that, but there is certain an undergoing of of the of a theosis before and this earth with each other rather than just with Christ. But anyway, but I think that going back to the Spanish, I think there is something beautiful about saying what do you what do you call yourself? Mm-hmm. Because I don't when I talk to myself, as I've said before, I think on this podcast or Catholic stuff, like I call myself Father Michael if I'm mad at myself because it's a lot harder to say 
I'm mad at you, Father mm. Michael, and it's to say I'm mad at you, Michael. And so I actually intentionally switched that only so, I, so that the, the my I don't have many of them, thank God, but like the moments of self hatred or like self criticism are 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 lessened, and I kind of like I shouldn't be doing this, you know, big by <laughs> by giving myself reminding me like my role. But there's something about the role. But it's interesting because if you say like what do I call myself, mm. I don't identify myself most of the time as oh I'm Father Michael when I'm like talking to myself, but I do I'm identify myself as a father. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's actually true for for God. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we the name we have for God the Father is Father. Mm-hmm. So and it, and it, that's so important because you're not a father unless you have a child. Mm-hmm. So God, in a sense, identifies himself and asks us to identify him in his relationship to his son. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, the same thing. His, we say, how many times do we say in the Byzantine liturgy, um, the most holy name, or we, we, we're, and then say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. there's obviously different meanings when we say what's, what's the name of God, but, but one of them is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there, the, G, the Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus and the Spirit of the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, God is the Father of Jesus and the generator of the Spirit, but also, and then the Son is the Son of the Father. So there's, they identify themselves, they call themselves their relation to others. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's even something important for that when you say, again, I know, I know this is not what the language, Spanish language intends, but I'm just saying it's yeah. a beautiful thing. If, if like you said, it, if we, if priests call each other father, we're less likely to say things that are below the dignity of a Christian. Mm-hmm. We're less likely to tell dirty jokes and to, you know, just be all buddy buddy and drink too much and whatever. So if we identify ourselves in our roles, but I think the same thing is true for biological fathers. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. if you say, what do you call yourself? Like, I identify myself as a husband and a father, mm-hmm. a child of God, a husband and a father. I think that that's kind of how do you identify yourself? Jesus says often, who do they say that I am? But like. It's another good question. Who do you say that you are? And then mm-hmm. do you identify yourself as with your career? Do you identify yourself with your, you know, how big and strong you are with your physical makeup, how you look? But but I think there's something, what do you call yourself? And the, the proper answer in a sense is child of God, you know, baptized Christian, member of the body of Christ, member of the Holy Trinity, therefore, um, you know, husband, father. So that there, there's just something beautiful about that. And I think that does, if for anybody who's listening that is more prone to self-hatred or, or shame or despair when it comes to that self-identification, um, oftentimes it is, and we've talked about this before, but it is helpful to kind of um, get out of your own head, mm-hmm. you know, stop only thinking of yourself. And if even if you identify yourself as something in relation, whether a child of God is in relation to God, father is in relation to your children, husband is in relation to your wife, you mm-hmm. know, that, that there is these identifications that, that we call ourselves by these things. So. Yeah. I, I do want to um, quickly finish up that story that we had started that got me off on that um, tangent. Um, that that might have been a cowboy. I'd um, love to, I'd love to hear if you remember what I said to him in answer because to that you question. don't remember. No, I do. Oh, I actually um, do. <laughs> <laughs> but you might remember better than me. But um, I also I just I what, what you heard. Um, well, you you just talked about. Um, I don't I don't remember your your exact words. Um, I remember you talking about John fifteen the. Um, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Except and I said John 16, you corrected me, <laughs> which was good. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is John 16. I might be, maybe I'm wrong. Um, we'll look it up. Okay. Um, the, but you, you talked about how, um, you talked about how each day, like trying to repent for alcoholism is taking things day by day and moment by moment. And, and in each moment and in each day, um, 
trying to overcome, but doing so only in by by turning to God and recognizing your own weakness. Um, and he was like, you know, he he said something about like so. So you think that? Um, so you're saying that that God is that that higher power that He's the one, which I'm he's assuming like, you he's, need God to yeah. do this. Is mm-hmm. that, is that what you're saying? You're saying I need God. To and get over and you said absolutely. Yeah. Um, like you you have to you have to have God because He's the only one who can do this for which is which is true of any sin, right? Like we cannot overcome any sin without God. We just don't have um, the ability to do it. Um, the only thing we have actually outside of God is our sin. <laughs> um, and so that, that's, that's what I remember you, you saying to him is, is that he needs God and that he needs to recognize um, weak, his, his own weakness. Um, and that even, even in each failure to then say, okay, I failed. Um, and then to, to get back up and, and to, to turn to God again. And it's just a constant turning back to God. Um, you, I, 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 I love that for myself because I pray it every morning because it's actually in our Disney prayer book, but um, without you, I can do nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's for a guy on the street. I mean, I wouldn't have said that to anybody, but the fact, the fact that he knew to call me father um, was a sign that he understood at least, you know, yeah. a, a little bit of the role um, and then the reality of Christ. Um, but, but that, yeah, and I remember also um, saying like addiction oftentimes actually changes your, your physical mm, makeups. Mm-hmm. Like your, your body becomes dependent. Yeah. This is what detox is. Of course, you're, you become dependent. So in a sense, we're not ourselves yeah. when we have an addiction. And so we need Christ to come in and, and give us new life. You know, the resurrected Christ become a new creation um, yeah. in that way. And you and, I, you and I had the conversation afterwards of um, the, oh, thank you, cowboy. It's John 15, She five. was right. Um, the... Um, you and I had a conversation afterwards because I was like, I, I couldn't tell at first if, if he was sincere yeah. or if he was, mm. if he was trying to, to provoke, you yeah. know, um, because this happens often as a nun and I'm sure to you as a priest all the time, mm-hmm. like there was a, a huge thing in New York when, um, we were there, Mother Gabrielle and I were there for a young adult convocation and um, Father Boniface and Mother Gabrielle and I were, were hanging out and, um, and this guy was just, so um, antagonistic, but um, it's it's hard to tell sometimes if people are being sincere or if they're trying yeah. to antagonize, and yeah. and I just couldn't tell with him. Like and um, and and you had said, you know, well, I I try when I don't know, um, I I err on the side of um, sincerity. Yeah, like I assume, assume sin- I, I assume yeah. they're being sincere, which I think is is the right way because it's like regardless of whether or not they are being sincere five years from now, he might look back on that with sincerity. Um, and, but then I was very, um, I was very moved because we were, we were, when we were walking, we were on our way to meet, um, father Brian Humphrey and his friend Dulce for lunch. And, and when they came in, they said, they said that they had seen this guy out on the street (laughs) and, um, and father Brian's wearing his clerics too. So the guy, the guy sees, um, they're like waiting outside the pizza place and the guy sees this, this other priest. And he says, are you looking for father Michael and sister Natalia? Cause they're in there. Um, and I was just like, I was so moved that he even remembered our names. Yeah, I was um, it was like, wow. He, I, I think that this was, was a real encounter for him. It wasn't just like a, um, yeah. So I just thought that was. What was the so we have also Paul Laxon here who now stepped in. So do either hey, you know Paul. do either you know the quote from Thomas Aquinas where he's where because they suppose used to make fun of him because he was kind of 
head in the clouds all the time and his friends would actually razz him and like and he would always answer back sincerely like when they were razzing him and this happened a lot but he said something like I'd rather be I'd rather be fooled by my friends assuming they're sincere hmm. than 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 assume they're fools you hmm. know or something like that it was it was kind of a C.S. Lewis is always very eloquent did you say it was C.S. Lewis? No, no, Thomas Aquinas. Oh, I mean, he's so I think <laughs> I was. I think I just wasn't listening to you for a second. I was thinking about welcome to my life. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, so it is kind of a. So anyway, it was a. Uh, if you assume sincerity, you might be made a fool sometimes, mm. but you're made a fool for the right reasons. Yeah, you're, you're you're made a fool because you you assumed the person, you assumed the best, and people might laugh at you for that. But but and it's ultimately much they're actually the ones who exactly. are the fools because yep. they're the ones not being sincere. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I did that. What was who was I with? I think it was with was I with you, Paul, the other day when the guy was no no honking at us. Someone was laying into their horn, and they were just honking, and I was just like, I, I forget, I was like slightly in the way or whatever, and I just thought like they're just they're getting all anxious. Uh-huh. Like this was so negative on them. Like honk honk honk. I'm like yeah. they're, they're 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 suffering, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna be cool. You know, like I, they're not hurting me. They're hurting themselves by getting so riled up. Anyway, if you have any prayer intentions, sister, we're coming up on an hour. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you to pray for Carlina, um, the owner of the coffee shop, mm-hmm. and also pray for our new friend. Um, I'm going to make up a name for him. Um, I do know his name, but I don't feel like I should share that, um, especially since he was talking about alcoholism. Yeah. Um, we'll say, what's another name that starts with that letter? Carl. 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 Carlina and Carl. There we go. Please pray for them. <laughs> Please pray. The good idea. Carl is a really hard name to say. Carl. <laughs> it's those L's. For some of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it I think it became a problem when I had my tonsils out, actually. Like after oh. my tonsils were removed, I started oh, having a trouble I started having trouble saying L. <laughs> like my my last name, I don't have a last name anymore, so I'm not gonna say <laughs> it. But there's an L in it and it's really hard. Uh, yeah. Anyways, what's your, what are your prayers? I feel for you. Oh, well, my, my, my prayer intentions are persistent to Talia because like she has so much suffering because of L's. Please, no. please, do you realize that you are in punching distance now? Like, there's not a screen between us. No, but I do. I do. You're going on a treat this week. I do want people to pray for you. You are my you are my intention for this Aww, week, but not, not for the reason of the L's. But yeah, just um, she's on her annual retreat and she's here in LA and she's living in a meth van. And, and just, but uh, anyway, we, we actually have not started the, we have not started we're the, starting right after this the retreat podcast. yet. So, um, so, but it, again, it's outside of space and time. So pray for, pray for her that this retreat, um, that she hears what God is, is asking of her and actually receives his word with joy, um, with urgency, with rest, with joy. Um, but this is what any, any good retreat should be. So yeah, just pray for sister Natalia as she, uh, goes on her annual retreat and, and spend some time here with, a a, a retreat director who's, Always trying to get it out and let, let's go have lunch, sister. Let's go, let's, let's go explore Ventura Barbara, sister. Let's go watch a movie. Let's go watch a movie. Let's do all these things. She's like, Father, I'm on retreat. I'm like, I want to hang out with you. Um, so, yeah, so, so just pr- pray for her that, that I don't get in the way. We'll put it that way. That I don't get in the way of what God's doing in her life, mm-hmm. um, especially this coming week. Amen. All right. And also pray for Cowboy and Paul, who are here too. God bless you guys. Yeah. Father, give the blessing. I may the Lord bless all of you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May you receive the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and be able to experience that resurrection in all that you do, all that you see, all that you hear, all that you experience. 
May you also see the resurrection of Christ in the world, but also be an instrument of that resurrection and be able to shine forth the resurrection of Christ to those who you encounter. Um, if you are a priest or religious, may you discern well how God wants you and especially the way you manifest yourself to the world to be a homily and a sermon to the world about, about the fearlessness of death, but also about the, the charisma, the death and resurrection of Christ that brings us life and that invites us into salvation. Um, may you, if you are not a priest or religious, may you find other ways wearing a cross around your neck or putting an icon on your desk, whatever it may be, um, that is a, a conduit of the Holy Spirit to allow you to preach in what you say, what you wear, what you do, how you act, how you forgive, how you recover, how you have confidence, but also humility. May you truly be um, a witness to everything that Jesus is in this world. And may you grow in holiness and do everything for the salvation of your soul and for those who God sends to you to be also instruments and conduits of his love and his salvation. May the Lord bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Love you, listeners. Love you, Father Michael. Love you too, I love you, Cowboy oh, yeah. and Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm going to stop right now.